Princess Ozzy. The cutter from down under. Princess Ozzy, she had Penelope beat down. Lana Sars on the opposite side of the ring. She can't get over there quick enough. Princess Ozzy now climbing up to the third rope. That move has left Penelope Pink devastated and dazed. Princess Ozzy's up. You know, and we all have our 15 minutes of fame, and I'd like to take a couple of my 15 minutes to talk about the rights and the wrongs in the world of professional wrestling. This match is for the ECW World Heavyweight Championship! Hello ladies and gentlemen, this is Mr. Green and you are listening to the rights and wrongs of pro wrestling with me and the review of WOW. Now, if, if, if any of you have listened to some of the previous podcasts, I've said that you know I had some issues before that caused me to lose a couple of weeks and I was going to like marathon this thing and I got a bunch of them in the can that I was uh, kind of dropping a bit by bit just to close the gap of uh, the ones that I had missed earlier. But after watching this show, which is episode 25, after looking at this show, the most recent one, I, I, I couldn't ugh, I couldn't wait. I, 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 there's no way that I could put this off to the side so I could fill up my the past ones. I, I just needed to jump into this one because this episode was something <laughs> that's the best way i could put it this episode was something and you know what let's let's just get to this okay we'll talk about the good and the bad and maybe sometimes the ugly but we, we but we're gonna go into the whole spiel of wow all right so this was a built up episode if you've watched over the last Oh, let's say two weeks. I'll be generous and say the last two weeks. Possibly three. This is what they had been leading towards. This is after the Beast had to relinquish the championship. And uh, the title is vacant. And they, they call for, well, we got a gauntlet match that's going to come on. And I think for two weeks, they, they ran down the rules and told you what was going to take place in this gauntlet match. It was basically going to be their version of a Royal Rumble. Now keep that in mind. Or if you watch Impact Wrestling, the Gauntlet for the Gold is a, is another one. I think uh, every every wrestling promotion has had their own little versions of it. They've, they've called it Gauntlet matches where you know they have kind of the the uh, hesitant entrances between competitors. You know, every minute, every minute and a half, every two minutes. And in the WWE's case, it's, it remains about a Royal and the. Uh, case of impact wrestling the final two it reverts to a one-on-one -on -one match and you know again different variations and in this particular case all eliminations count as far as why i was concerned but but i'm getting ahead of myself 
uh, and notice I'm not. I, it flustered me so bad I'm skipping over all ads. We're just going to jump right into the, to the meat of the show. This is coming from L.A. Comic Con, uh, wherever they they host that. I'm assuming the L.A. Convention Center or whatever. I, I forget which which venue doesn't really matter. Um, the, the one thing that I can say about this here's the good. It was nice seeing it take place in a different location. Not better looking, but it was a nice thing to see that it took place in a different location. Uh, You know, the the crowd was a little bit more hyped, even if they didn't know who these people were, which I doubt that they did. Uh, So that was a, a nice thing to see just in that it was in a different platform, different venue and what what have you. Um, McLean opening the show in, in front of a green screen. You know, they, they, nothing wrong with that. That's you know, that's production deal. Uh, talking about the events of last night. Now, I don't know what events he's talking about because that would be impossible. There is no Comic Con that was taking place right now as I'm recording this. But you know, I guess they, he's trying to keep the illusion of what was going on in the Wild Live. Uh, they also had a different interviewer that came in from nowhere. <laughs> and, and, and different interviewer slash uh, ring announcer. You know, that's been one of the things that gotten on while. But I was like, you know, they they really shouldn't have David McLean do everything. Well, I shouldn't say they. David McLean should not do everything. He shouldn't volunteer to be the host and the GM and the and the lead color commentator and the and the uh, the, the guy that introduces the show and the interviewer. I was like, he didn't need that. So having somebody else there to do it was good. Also, another another check for them. Good. Where she came from, I have no idea. But it was it was nice that she was you know a different different person. Uh. And then it, this is all the opening segment. They show Candy Crush like, hey, we got footage of Candy Crush in the haunted house. I was like, okay. Well, I, I'm not entirely sure why we are doing the haunted house deal. Because, I mean, it's not Halloween. Not that you need to be Halloween in order for this to take place. But it is not Halloween. And it, and it just didn't seem to fit. But, you know, I digress. Uh, so... This show opens up with a tag team championship match with uh, Rara 2.0, Coach Campanelli, and the, the who is it? Uh, the, the Colson Twins. I couldn't get it out. <laughs> the Colson Twins. So you you got these teams who we just saw last week, right? They just, they being Rara and Campanelli, just won the titles last week. It is not an uncommon thing to see someone lose championships in short order. It, it happens. This is wrestling. It has happened for a long time. And I honestly had no problem with the match. Just other than, and this just I'm just going to paint this across the board right now. Other than the fact that they still maintain that the matches have to be like five to six minutes. Well, six to eight minutes. Like, there is never a circumstance where the match deems it to be longer or more competitive 
or something like that. It is always six to eight minutes, no matter what. It, you know, so we could fit this into the show. Now, this was a little bit different because they only had what three matches opposed to the normal four. They always do four, but uh, this it, it was it was a fair match. It was it was fair. So we're not going to commentate on the talent because the talent and things that took place in the ring, not the issue, not the issue here, not the issue in the second match, not the issue in the third. It is the compilation of all this stuff that is the the, the problem. <sighs> I'm not sure why they applied this filter on the footage, but the, but they had this filter on top of the footage where it just made it look bad. Yeah, editors out there would probably know what I'm talking about. I don't expect the average person to look at it and be like, oh, I don't see what you're talking about. They may see something, but they may not know what. There was an effect called Venetian blinds that sat across the footage. It's basically just it's a transition point, but you can utilize it as a filter if you just, if you, I don't want to say force it, but if you make it as such. And you turn down the opacity and you know you can see through it so he's got these lines that are across the screen constantly uh, I did not think that was a good effect although the effect didn't necessarily bother me I didn't even think that the, the lower third that was on there constantly with the, the outer rim on the footage was bad that didn't bother me either because again it was a different look out of a different venue and those things, although unnecessary, fine. That's an old production trick. That's an old production trick that some people use, not just wrestlers, but some people use in order to express to the viewer that this is amateur footage without actually saying that it's amateur footage. The most notable people that you might remember for is ECW. ECW did it all the time. They had fan cam footage. This was their WoW's equivalent of fan cam footage. And for those that don't know, if you've ever seen ECW, go back. If, if you got Peacock, you can go check it on there. Or you might be able to see some on uh, uh, the YouTube. Uh, and I think our video has a lot of the fan cameras. They might have it all because I, I believe the footage was not commissioned. It was sold separately. You know, the, the master tapes went to WWE. The, the fan cam footage went elsewhere. But what they did was they always put a viewfinder effect over top of the footage. They put the little record symbol, they put the counter up there. I mean, it wasn't big and distracting, but you saw it and you knew it was there. That was ECW's way of just illustrating to you or whoever was watching it at the time that this is all amateur footage and don't expect a lot out of it. It's a quick way to express that without having to come out and say it. This is what this was for a while. It was something that was on the screen that was shot obviously subpar to what they normally do in their regular venue. Even though they're professional cameras, it just didn't look as good. And it wasn't, you know, they didn't have controlled lighting and all that stuff. So they'd slap this on top of it. Unnecessary, yes, but that's what they, they, they did. They slapped that on top of it. And they had the worst wide camera angle that I've seen in who knows how long. Did, the shot that took place during the middle of this tag team match was just horrendous. It was horrendously bad. I'm not even sure why they used it. Other than that, they may not have had any other footage to cut to. 
well, what? I was like, who set this shot up, and why would you think that this was a good idea? The lens and the camera made it look like they were miles away, or, or something. I mean, it's like it stretched out there, and it just it warped the shot. I was like, God, really? Y'all couldn't find anything else to do besides this is awful. Uh, AJ Mendez is noticeably not part of the commentary here, even though she vaguely speaks show to show and if, like I said before if you didn't know that she was there you would never know that she was there they, they almost don't even advertise it. if you didn't sit there and look at the credits or something like that because she's almost never on camera speaks when spoken to and doesn't really do all that much the commentary team here was Stephen Dickey and David McClain surprise surprise uh, Getting towards the end of this because the match in itself is not the the issue. Miami Sweet Heat regains the championship. How did they do it? Campanelli and Ra Rod come off the top with the old Quebecer finish, the assisted Centom. They nail one of the twins. I can't remember which one. Laura, Laura Lana Star gets up on the apron, starts distracting referee. Other twin comes in, peels Ra Ra off. I believe it was Ra Ra, and pops her with a DDT. Pulls the, the sister, the other sister who was down on top of the opponent. One, two, three. When the coastal ref turns around then. One, two, three. We're done. We got new champions. They win two times. The uh Miami Sweet Heat win the tag team championship. Or regain the tag team championship. Immediately following that, Campanelli gets on the microphone and starts demanding a match. Now, this is one of the first things. Like, is is she supposed to be a heel? Because Campanelli started off just being an obnoxious jerk for many weeks. And it felt like this was being set up for her to do a turn at any point. And they may still be doing it. Although I've lost faith in that. You know, especially at this point. But I will I will keep optimistic. Maybe they'll do it on the next go now. Who knows? But she has been portrayed as a self-righteous, narcissistic jerk from the moment she got paired up with Rara, talking over her, not you know, not letting her speak, you know, I'm the leader, to, you know, just just I don't want to say, well, I might go ahead and say it, bullying her around essentially. But you know, she has not done anything outside of that to go full heel. She here when she's on the microphone, she comes off like a complete baby face. And so, anyway, she demands this rematch, and she wants it immediately. They they get turned down, and then it, they go into the you know I, you know what I think you guys are chicken, and they start doing that, and they say chicken, and they get the crowd to go or trying to get the crowd to get into it. And of course, one of the members, despite the fact that their manager Lana Star told them, "Hey, look, you're not getting a rematch, not today, not tomorrow, not next week, not ever." But the second they go into calling them chicken. One of the twins grabs the microphone and is like, we're not chicken. You got your rematch. Okay. That was fine. I didn't I didn't have a problem with that. I mean, is, is it a little over the top? Is it a little campy? Does it sound like something that would actually take place? Probably not. But, you know, it's wrestling and you got to give some concession. So the first match is only hurt by the atrocious camera angles that they decide to use to <laughs> illustrate the match. So we we can move on from that. That was part of the good. Next segment, we show (laughs) Candy Crush. 
I love that they talked about, hey, yeah, she was on her, her social media last night. Like, this this was not anybody's social media. It was lit to look like Instagram, but I was like, there's no way that this thing is Instagram. Somebody <laughs> called it a fake-ass Instagram, but there's no way that this thing was Instagram. The numbers were just barreling up, and if you look at it while she's talking, they keep resetting. Like right back down, it, it'll start at 1,300, go up to 2,400, and then it'll just start back over. The The hearts are gray. The, the, quote, Instagram signs are blue and not a square. They're a circle. So I don't know where exactly that was going to be. And But in fairness to them, he never said on her Instagram. He just said, well, yeah, she was on her social media. So it looks like they just made up some social media for Candy Crush to use. Uh, but, but the other side of that coin is that at least it was something different. I have to give them credit, despite the fact that I think they might as well, if they were going to say we're doing social media, they might as well have just used it. But it, it, it was a different look, even though I don't agree with it. It was a different look. And this Instagram or excuse me, this social media post that Candy Crush was allegedly putting on was there to explain to her fans that she was invited. Well, not invited. She was asked to come to this location so she can regain her gloves from the monsters. The, the monsters being Siren the Voodoo Doll, Holiday, and Chainsaw. Although Siren and Chain, I mean Siren and Holiday were not here. Uh, you know that their spiritual presence was filled. I guess. Uh, so she's doing this, and she's going to this quote-unquote haunted house. This is where the show begins to go off the rails for me. If I steal something from you, and I want to set you up for something, the last thing I'm going to do is give you directions to a public attraction to try and lure you into something. I don't care how scary it's supposed to be, you know, on its own. The 17th floor is an actual haunted house experience. Or the 17th door, sorry. It's an actual haunted house experience in Fullerton, California. Which is what she did. It's like she did the walkthrough for this thing. they, They essentially worked in a commercial for this haunted house. Like they have Candy Crush going through this thing and they and they do the full walkthrough and the cameras just of course have to be set up where they need to be so so, so we can see the entirety of it. It's not like she walked with the, the, the cell phone in her hand and like, hey, I'm I'm just gonna make sure everybody knows where I'm at and what's going on in case something goes wrong. No. Cameras already there, already doing the job and recording this whole thing at as if they were, you know, already set and ready to roll. So she goes through this haunt experience is what is listed as. And God, this makes this so fake. Why is she participating with this? For what reason would you even go along with it? Even if you stepped into this this thing and say, okay, look, I'm going to walk through this door because they asked me to walk through here, but I'm just telling you right now, Anybody that pops out at me is going to catch one in the face. She's a boxer and a wrestler. Why is she participating with this and why is she going around like they're just scaring the crap out of her? 
Like, you don't have to participate. Especially when you go into there under duress. You're not, it wasn't like she signed a waiver and decided to go there because she wanted a, a good scare. And for what for that matter, why is the 17th door even participating with this? <sighs> so she is lured into this public attraction haunted house. She goes through it. And this it makes her look ridiculous and bipolar. Because outside the ring, she's always whining and crying. Is is it's a constant. Give me my gloves. I want my gloves back. And scared all the time. I was like, "Well, what is with this woman?" They this segment did Candy Crush no favors, none, no favors at all. At the end of this, Wow reintroduces Angelina Angelica, excuse me, Dante from nowhere. Now, for some of you, I'm pretty sure you're like, who's Angelica Dante? Correct. That's how, <laughs> that's how you should feel if you didn't watch the unaired season of WOW where she was introduced and they never brought back up. So you got Angelica Dante who was introduced and reveals herself to be the orchestrator of this entire terrible event that she's been going through from the theft of her gloves up to present. This is stupid. It was one thing to have the monsters, we'll call them, take the gloves, allegedly. We'll say allegedly. It was one thing for them to take the gloves and just start screwing around with with Candy Crush. It's another to say that there's some mastermind that sat there and decided that, you know what we need to do? We need to steal her gloves. And we need to carry this on for about a month and a half before I even reveal it and really have no purpose behind taking the gloves whatsoever other than I just want to screw with you. There's nothing to be gained from stealing this woman's gloves. It didn't get them a championship match. It didn't get them more money. It doesn't, doesn't make them, her join the group. It doesn't make her quit. This it was pointless. This angle is turned pointless. I can I was able to buy it when it was Siren and Holiday and Chainsaw on their own with the setup that they gave because it's believable that she leaves her gloves unwatched. Well, she tried to have somebody watch it. The key to rush just walked off. But she tries to, you know, leave her gloves watched. They are unwatched for a moment and then they disappear and now they're just jerking her around. That's believable because hey, they might just want to be jerks about the whole thing. They, you know, they might have said, "Hey, you know what? You know, just screwed her a little bit." But to tell me that this was some sort of alleged master plan by the sister that we never saw from a season that was two years ago, for somebody that she has no interaction with, what was the point of this? What was the, the point? Of doing this. And then to have another pair of exact replica gloves show up. Only to just, hey, we're going to take these two. That's like, I steal your replica championship belt. But then I go to the store and I purchase me a a duplicate championship belt. Just to say I got one. What did I steal this for? 
buying another pair of glasses. I mean, I'm just, maybe they weren't cheap or expensive, I should say. But why? This is just in circles. So this uh, was a, a, a ridiculous segment. And the social media footage looked manufactured, which it was. So we move on to the match. This is the next segment. I forget which number I'm on. I think this is probably segment seven. Yeah, somewhere in there. So we finally get the match. We got Chainsaw now coming out with her sister, who we just found out is her sister, which apparently the commentators knew all along, versus Candy Crush. The first note that I put here was, will Angelica Dante actually stay now? Now, there's a comedian from some years ago named Patrice O'Neill who had a, a part of his bit that was like, hey, look, this I cannot prove. And then he'd go into the bit and, you know, of course, the comedy loves you with the punchline and whatnot. But it was always a point of essentially starting it with saying, this I cannot prove to set the scene. So I'm going to start with that. This I cannot prove, but I am fairly sure this footage was probably shot like two years ago, and I'm almost positive that this woman is going to be forgotten by next week. See, there's almost zero point in, in bringing her back. I mean, it'd be great if she did, I guess, but the Nobody part of the monster crew was there other than her. And this goes to that whole thing that they had when they have the uh, L.A. Comic-Con. They usually load it up with people who at least exist on the West Coast because it's easy for them to get there. Ah, I don't think that she's going to show back up. Really, I, I don't. So anyway, we have this match. Not important. Again, the match was fair. Uh, Crush finally beats her after losing legitimately and fairly for like two weeks. She lost in the six-person tag. Clean. We got to say that. She lost clean. She lost one-on-one with Chainsaw. Clean. There There was no disputed finish here or there. But, you know, she kept getting these rematches allegedly because, she, you know, she's still trying to get her gloves back, which she didn't even do. She didn't even get there. She won the match and she still didn't get her gloves. I'm like, when is this going to end? <laughs> this is just going on too far now. This is going on too long. Like, <laughs> either quit or call the cops. <laughs> just let this angle go. It was interesting. It is It is past his expiration date now so crush wins with the superwoman punch from the second rope knocks chainsaw out one two three she got the match and she gets on the microphone and says i jumped through your hoops i did all this stuff now again this this whole spiel doesn't even make sense because what hoops did she jump through successfully I just said that she lost fair and square in the sixth person. She lost fair and square to Chainsaw the first time. Chainsaw shouldn't even want to give her the match. It's like, I already beat you. I already pinned. She had, in fact, Chainsaw pinned her twice. 
She pinned her in the sixth person. She pinned her in the, in the singles match. For what reason do I have to give you another match? And not for nothing, on a side note. And this was not brought up in a while. I mean, this, this is just a, a small thing. At no point did anybody in that monster crew admit to stealing these gloves. They have jerked her around about it, and they've had fun at her at her expense, and they've laughed at her and everything else. They've been mean, but I don't remember them ever saying, "Yeah, we took them and we'll take it. we'll do it again." If it's back, they've never. Holiday has never said it. Siren has talked in riddles, and Chainsaw don't speak. So. And even Angelica, Angelica Dante, I mean, she, I guess she's the closest to have to admitting some sort of theft. But again, why is this happening and why is this going on so long? Crush is not good on the microphone. She can deliver the points that she is trying to say. It just doesn't necessarily come off as natural for her. When she speaks naturally, you can hear her speak. Go and listen to her as Sugar Shaw or something like that, or some other interview that takes place where she's not trying to relay storyline or angle. When she's doing that and she's just on a natural feel, she's fine. Here it feels like she's trying to remember words and things to say and how to deliver it and so on. It, it just does not come off as natural, whereas – in fairness to her, Angelica Dante comes off as very natural. She she was able to speak well and you know deliver the points. But at the end of this, after the complaining and said, "Give me my gloves back," Dante basically said, "All right, well you know you said you jumped through my hoops. Well you know I got some other hoops for you to jump through." So, <laughs> Crush comes out to have this match with Chainsaw. Where neither person came out there with those gloves even remotely on their body and participated in this match expecting to get them back when they weren't on the premises to begin with. And now that she's won, they just pretty much reneged on it. It's like, hey, well, you know, you, you beat that one, but let's see you do something else. So she hears this, she being Candy Crush, hears this and jumps out the ring and chases after them as they run off into the you know crowd. So this angle is going to keep going, I guess, because they somebody finds it amusing. But man, this <laughs> this feels like this has been going on for like five months now. <sighs> the next segment has Vivian Riviera showing. Remember her, Vivian Riviera? She shows back up and she cuts a promo, which actually has a lot of fire, and it was very well done. Riviera. Almost had a completely different personality, though. Like to see her now in this promo, and then to go back and watch the match probably from two months ago. I again, I can't remember the last time I saw Vivian Riviera, but and we and I certainly don't remember her ever speaking. But she does well in the promo, and she gives a reasonable cut on why she should win and all that even though we have not seen her in the main event position and probably never will, it, it was it was particularly good from her and probably one of the best promos that they've had in a while, just overall. So that's a thumbs up for them. 
it goes to the next segment. Well, while basically cutting a commercial for the LA Comic Con, nothing wrong with that, by the way. There's nothing wrong with that. But this this show was a infomercial for LA Comic Con, and then they went into a segment that essentially, will, I'm not even gonna say essentially, was directly a commercial for LA Comic Con. Again, I want to be clear, nothing wrong with that because you get your money how you get your money. At least I hope they were paid to do that. Or, or a, a bartered a good deal where they could come in there for free or something. So they they cut that and moved on. You know, hey, LA Comic Con, biggest thing in the world and pop culture and this, that, and the other. All perfectly fine. No problem with that whatsoever. Every wrestling company has probably shielded for something, especially in the last 20 years. So, you know, so that's nothing to be you know, ashamed of or be upset about, unless it just ruined your, uh, your viewing experience somehow. Um, next segment, Tiki Tomorrow cuts a promo. And a not bad. Not a bad promo. She actually did a good, much like Riviera, did a decent job, and and she kept in tune with who tomorrow is. She's a, an underdog babyface, so I enjoyed that. What I didn't enjoy was the thing that followed within that segment, where Wow explains that Leah McCona can't compete because of an injury she suffered on the Indies, and uh, suffered on the Indies allegedly. We'll we'll say that. I, again, this I cannot prove, but I'm pretty sure that they just needed some way to write her out of it to <laughs> replace her with somebody. And in this case, she was replaced with Tiki. Tiki tomorrow. <sighs> and this continued to spiral downhill of this show having continuity errors and problems. And this match is the biggest offender of them all. Why did we have qualifying matches for weeks? I mean, at least two of them. Putting in people to this match that you know full well is not involved in the footage. That you can't even pretend that they was involved in the footage. Why even bother to have qualifiers? None of them mattered. Not one. This gauntlet match was billed as some sort of big deal, like I said at the beginning, when they showed the rules and they talked about, well, we're going to crown a new champion and you know it's a special event for a while and all that stuff. This setup for the match, the main event, which we only got five minutes of and right in the middle of it. Well, I'm not, I can't even say right in the middle. Right at the end, it was like down to the last six people. But, you know, a matter of fact, I don't know if it was at the end because for all I know, they might have started with seven. But I'll never know that because they don't show the entire match. Why would you do this? The match is shown in progress. Why? Yeah, weeks to plan this. There is no way that this match that was shown on TV was in the camp for anything less than a month. Why did you do this? You telling me that there was absolutely zero way that you could show the match in its entirety? 
which which was supposed to be something special, some sort of big event and and all this stuff. And that's just the first event of the show that they cut into it. The second is who is Crystal Waters? This match literally started up, and they had a person that that we have not seen, heard, was introduced, didn't have a vignette for, no interview with, and up until maybe a couple of weeks ago, wasn't even on the website. Who is Crystal Waters, and why was she in this match and thrown out immediately? And they talked about it like we're supposed to know who she is. Oh, my God, Crystal Waters is there. And she got put out. I was like, really? Who is this person? This was just bad. And I try not to use these terms or why I really do. I, I really try not to. But this was bad. This was a jigsaw show slapped together with stuff that they had, hoping that you as a viewer wouldn't remember it or wouldn't care about the stipulations that took place no less than seven days ago. The match comes down to Tiki Chamorro, Robbie Rocket, Foxy Fierce, Vivian Riviera, and Penelope Pink, and Crystal Waters is in there. Second question, how is Penelope Pink in this? She was eliminated. She had a qualifier match on TV, and she lost. Why is she in this match? They didn't explain it. They explained Tiki. But what is Penelope in there for? They could have took the time that they explained Tiki and, and did something with Penelope. At least explain why she's there, that she somehow finagled her way in. But that didn't even happen. She was just in the match, despite having lost clean on TV maybe two weeks ago. Matter of fact, let's, let's look through the notes now because I'm curious. I want to know. I want to know who, okay, last week. It, I didn't even have to go into my notes deep. Episode 24, Princess Ozzy versus Penelope Pink. Princess Ozzy wins with a frog splash on the top rope, qualifies for the match. Those are my notes. Where was Princess Ozzy at in this? Where, did, where, where was she supposed to be? That, that's two people who qualified for the match in these qualifiers that didn't even show up. Where was Vicky Lynn McCoy, the re- the supposed representative of the Fabulous Four? She wasn't even in the building. Wasn't that ringside for the tag match? Wasn't involved in this match? Wasn't there at the end? Even though she won her match and she got on the microphone talking about how she was going to win. This match did not have a single person in it who was presented in WoW as a main event player. Not one. Not Americana. Not Jesse Jones. Not Princess Ozzy, who was supposed to have been there. Not uh, Reina Del Rey, who was pretty much the, the number one contender up until this point. Not uh, Leah McCona, who they, again, allegedly was put out. Nobody. Not even the secondary people that might have, you know, had some sort of argument like to be there, like Wrecking Ball or Tormenta or the G.I. Jane or somebody like that. Or, or even the, the, the she's not the commander anymore, but uh, Rodriguez, I can't remember her show name right now. <sighs> Nobody that was 
presented over the weeks as a top player was in that match. Everybody here was mid-card. Everybody. And you knew as soon as you saw the screen who was going to win this. There wasn't a question in my mind. So everyone gets eliminated, and it comes down to Foxy Fierce, who hasn't won a single match against Penelope Payne. Well, and, and let me let me make that clear because I, I just heard what I said and it kind of ran together. Foxy Fierce has not won a single match. I don't mean just against Penelope Pink. She just hasn't won. This would be the equivalent of having Saturday night's main event and Hulk Hogan defending the championship against Barry Horowitz. Or Ric Flair defending the championship against one of the Mulkey brothers. Or Steve Austin defending the championship in the Attitude Era against the Brooklyn Brawler or Roman Reigns at a pay-per-view event taking on Chad Gable. If you saw any of those matches anyway, you know exactly who's winning. It's not even, it's not even open for debate. You knew the second you saw Penelope Pink in there with all these other people that she was going to win, even though she shouldn't have been in there in the first place. But you knew that the second you saw that, she was going to win it. It's, and again, what, why was Vicky Lynn McCoy not there? And this goes back to that whole, this I cannot prove. I'm pretty sure that this thing was shot years ago. Years ago, and they just decided, okay, well, rather than let's try to shoot something else to fill in the void or redo it or put this in someplace else where it could be useful, we'll just put this on TV and hope no one pays attention to it. <laughs> Vicky, when Penelope Pink wins, and she did win, she pins Foxy uh, Fierce, one, two, three. The other members of the uh, Fabulous Four, I was about to say Fantastic Four, but that's a comic book, and that's a good one. Uh, the Fabulous Four come in there, and noticeably absent is Vicky Lynn McCoy. As I said, she wasn't in the building. She wasn't in, you know, wasn't at ringside for the tag match. She, would, she wasn't... Uh, uh, here on, on the end, when they clearly advertised her as she's the enforcer of the Fabulous Four and all this stuff like that, when all of these things took place, none of it meant anything. Like no stipulation or consequence that took place that led to this main event meant anything. They should have just came up with something entirely different. Now, I don't know what footage they got sitting in the vault. I mean, but if it was like this, they should have just ignored it. Just forget it. Let's just move. Let's just shoot something else. Because if we put this on the air, it's going to make us look like idiots. But somebody approved it. Somebody gave a thumbs up to it. Somebody was like, ah, right, it's fine. I don't know how hands-on Genie Buzz is with this thing. And if I was a betting man, I would say probably not very. I don't know if David McClain just felt like, ah, it's fine. We got to use the footage somewhere. I don't know who was responsible for allowing this match to A, be on the air in under a five-minute thing when it's supposed to be 
built up like some sort of big deal and B, have people in it when we went out of our way to show matches and do commentary that completely goes against the grain of what this match presented. It'd be like going to a movie and then having this, the lead character get shot in the heart in the first act to come back and win in the end. You wouldn't accept it in the movie theater. You shouldn't accept it now. This was stupid. And again, I, I, I really tried not to get on the wild for this, but this was terrible. The continuity on here was just off the chain bad. And it's just, and again, it's just dragging on. The Candy Crush thing and Chainsaw, that's just dragging on. The main event thing was just a slap together match. Or no, I shouldn't say that. You know what? I, I, let me rephrase that because that's insulting to the wrestlers that took place in it. I should not call it a slap together match. I apologize for that. That was wrong. What I should say is that it was a slap together episode. That's what it was. It was a slap together episode that either was ignored by the producer, the writer, the, the executive producer, whoever. Whoever allowed this thing, whoever gave it the, the, the check mark or the thumbs up to go out into the air, whoever allowed that ignored it or they didn't know better. And the people that, that were hired to put it together just said, you know what, as long as the check's clear, and I don't blame them. I, I don't blame any editor that was in that room because if they brought it up and they were ignored, then I would have done the same thing. I was like, all right, this is what you want. I'll, I'll, I will give you the show that you're paying me for. And that's what they did. So whoever was on the crew, <laughs> that's nothing on them. Whoever gave it the thumbs up, you should be the one that's at blame. And any person that's in the WOW or affiliated with WOW from Genie Buzz on down that wants to explain to me why this was a good idea or, oh, well, it makes perfect sense. Well, we did it because this, that, and the other. Please let me know. You can contact me or you can write it in the comments or you can hit me on Instagram or you can go to the website, whatever you need to do. If you feel like you have to defend this atrocity somehow, please do. Because that's what this was. It was an atrocity. But this is what happens when you do marathon tapings Months at a time with months in between things happening. If you don't leave room for creative edits to string it together properly, then you shouldn't be doing it. Now, I'm sure somebody about that, well, what would you have done? I don't know. I don't know. I don't, again, I don't know what footage they own. I don't know what they have, what could have been fixed or what not. I mean, the best I would have, off the top of my head, the best thing I could have said is like, look, if you got matches leading into this thing, which I'm relatively sure that LA Comic Con was probably shot well ahead of the matches that they did for qualifiers, then don't do the qualifiers. If you're not going to be able to show Lena McCoy in the match, then she does not need to be in a qualifier. Make it an open invitational. And then have the other people show it, give, give them a reason. Like, well, you know, I wouldn't have a shot at this any other way, so I'm going to get in this match. Because some of them people wouldn't have had a shot any other way. 
Crystal Rose is practically new. This is the first match she's ever seen. Why would she be qualified for a championship match to begin with? Foxy Fierce hasn't won anything. Why would she be qualified for a match to begin with? Tika Chamorro barely gets by. Why would she get qualified for a match to begin with? None of these people should have been there in a kayfabe universe. No one except Penelope Pink should have even been involved in a match from what we've seen. So if you're going to do that, then they should have just did something to explain why these people who wouldn't have had a chance on earth to qualify for a championship match to be involved in this to begin with. And then do the match. And don't be advertising qualifiers or doing commentary for it, explaining how these people are going to be in there and talking about how this is going to be some sort of a big thing and a special episode and all this crap when you can't deliver it. There are many things that I've seen pro wrestling promoters do to create a big fight feel. Whether that be bringing in another ring announcer just for that day, whether that be having a set built and applying smoke machines or lights or this, that, and that, going to a different venue, uh, bringing in top, bigger name talent or something like that that could help elevate the rest of the people on the roster or put them over. There's a thousand things that people have done to create a, a big fight feel for things of this nature. And whereas... Wow did some of those things I just said. They, you know, I don't think they brought in somebody for that. I think this is the woman that was probably there. Uh, the, oh, yeah, by the way, they had a different ring in the house. I forget her name was Melanie or something like that. I don't think we're ever going to see her again. I think they just, it was just there because they were able to have the footage and she was already in it, so let's just use that. But I don't think we're ever going to see her again. It'd be nice if we did, but I don't think that's going to happen. I think they'll just move on and it'll be like she never existed. I'm almost certain that's the same thing that we're going to get with Angelica Dante. That she shows up here and she's just going to sit and just vanish. They may talk about it, but they'll, she'll just, they'll just move on. This puts WoW in, in a bad position for me. In my opinion. Is episodes like this that make people stop watching. Things like this is what turned people against Impact Wrestling, and they weren't nearly as bad. As much as people complained about Impact Wrestling, very rarely did they have stuff that just absolutely made zero sense. They've had bad matches and maybe some bad match ideas, but, th- but people began to rage quit watching that show because of random things, because they felt like some of the people who were supposed to be there and, and getting the push didn't, because uh, they felt opportunities were wasted in a, ver- in a variety of other things. A lot of which, some of, you know, was, was built around the show and, and some angles and uh, plot lines, we'll call them, that, they didn't, that fans didn't agree with. And they had the same problem at the time. They taped They taped episodes and then they strung those episodes together to try to create a series of, you know, shows that they could air on whatever channel that they were at the time. The only difference being is that they taped more than three times out of a year. 
So they had more time to bring it all together. Here, they're noted for taping stuff like in January, and then we will come back in the summer. And then, you know, they may come back in the fall or, you know, like once a quarter or something like that. Is This is the warning. It's episodes like this that make people quit watching. When you do stuff that has no consequence to the end result, what are you doing it for? You spent this time building these things up, building up certain people, getting microphones in their face, letting them talk on camera about what it meant to be the champion. And I'm going to, I mean, they just went through this with Princess Ozzy a week ago. She wins the match and talks about what it means. And then the commentators back it up. She could be the first uh, Australian to win the world's championship. It would truly be a world's title then. Why would you do this? Why would you talk this up when you can't deliver the goods? And it's not like it's coming by surprise. I can understand that they did this and they didn't have any clue that they weren't going to be able to deliver it. There is Again, there is no way that they didn't know that they didn't have this footage available. No way. And if they if they just suddenly taped it within a week of that airing, I wish somebody had show it. Just just say it like, oh no, no, look, man, I, I know you think that this happened, but we only really shot that, uh, you know, seven days prior to this episode airing, so we didn't have a choice. We didn't have any way to to uh, make this happen. If that were the case, somebody defended. Like I said, anybody that's in, in Wow from Genie Bus on down is welcome to tell to correct me and i will gladly get on this thing and say i was wrong i was absolutely wrong i apologize none of you know i i oh wow the biggest apology in the world because they did something you know the, the best they could or whatever the whatever the case if that were it i would absolutely apologize for that but i doubt it You look at Comic-Con, just go online and Google it, Los Angeles Comic-Con. Comic-Con generally takes place in December. Which means that best case scenario, best case scenario, is that this footage was in, in there for three months. That's the best case. Worst case scenario is that it's been there for two years. Which I think is the latter. I think it was in there for two years. When they started hiring people before they had a show. And then they start showing up at LA Comic Con before they had a place to present the footage. Which it would have been better if they just put it on Facebook at, at this point. I don't necessarily agree with them going through the trouble of doing that and popping it up on YouTube or Facebook. But in this case, I will make the exception. They should have just shot that two years ago and put it on Facebook and had their champion and walked into it with Penelope Ping as the champ. And just took it off of the beast right there. Which I already had an issue with that whole angle because it was ridiculous. I mean, we saw this woman literally get hurt in the ring. She comes in, what, a couple of weeks later, says, I'm ready to go, David. I don't need these crutches anymore. Throws him down on his desk and by the end of the episode is re-injured again in an entirely new angle. 
Why did we even bother with that? It was, I'll use a cornetism, it was a hat on a hat. They could have gotten by with just the with just the injury that we all saw, the legit injury. Just say, look, she's not healed. He, was, he, he had to go through the trouble of re-injuring her in some throwaway angle that didn't mean anything. Whose idea was this? <laughs> God. Ah. Whoever that person is should probably be drug out in the street and forced to watch hours of WoW to see the, their sins. But you need to sit down and watch this. And you need to explain it. Because <laughs> clearly you're not watching the product that you're producing. Because you don't know where you are. It's just all over the page. <sighs> okay, so that's that. I, 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 I couldn't wait I, I wanted to I, you know, I wanted to go back and I wanted to start filling in the, those old episodes that I did I, but I just couldn't I could not wait a second to talk about this thing because it just is such a disappointment this episode is such a disappointment and I, I'm sure the wild faithful may disagree like oh man come on it was it was fine this is one of the best episodes i've ever seen you always got that you always have somebody that's going to say it you always get and i know some of my colleagues out there that do these podcasts somebody out there gonna be like i can't believe how good this episode was you are out of your mind anybody that could defend to me why they would have these things these big errors in their uh, continuity and be perfectly fine with airing it on tv then let me know. Oh, all right. So that's that. <laughs> I uh, just needed to get that off. <laughs> so that was my review of Wow episode twenty-five. Again, you know, I, I wish I could say that I had more good covered than the bad, but it's uh, it was a lot of bad. It was it was just a lot of bad. And I will leave it at that. So I want to thank everybody that uh, bothered to listen to me rant about this episode and its uh, issues. Uh, thank you for that. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, I'm not going to just shuffle in some uh, ad at this point. You know, I, I've skipped past that, so we'll continue to skip past that. But needless to say, if you're going to support this show and this podcast, you can feel free to go on to the WPN website, which is WPNWrestling.com. So, you know, that, that's the only thing that I'm going to say. I'm going I'm to plug me. I'm going to plug the uh, women's pro wrestling stuff. So, with that, again... Thank you for your time. Thank you for your ear. And always in closing, this is Mr. Green saying that this is Mr. Green saying so long, folks, and we will see you on the next go round. Take care, everybody. Thank you for listening to the WPN's Rights and Wrongs of Pro Wrestling. If you have questions or comments, please contact us via our Facebook or our YouTube channel at the Women's Pro Wrestling Network. If you're new to the WPN, feel free to subscribe to our channel and like our page. We appreciate your support. 
Thank you again for listening.